Well, I think we had a, a bad start first 10 minutes. Um, I don't think we were we were in the right uh, spot mentally. We uh, came in uh, with uh, too much stress and pressure. Uh, it's the first time that I noticed this uh, this year. Um, players are human and, and we have to understand that this can happen. Um, and I think uh, the goal is a, a mistake that we did. Uh, we, we, we shouldn't consider a goal like, like this. Um, I think after, as is happening all the season, uh, the resilience uh, that this team has um, and how they respond, right? How they respond to the to adversity. And, and I think this season, you can uh, say that is a, a season that things are not going in our way. Um, we're not having luck in, in some uh, moments. Um, and then we overcome uh, that adversity control the game really well at the beginning with possession, not much arriving to the final third, but, you know, giving steps and progressing, then we started doing some good combinations um, and arrived from, uh, and we had some crosses there, some set pieces. And uh, the only thing it was our positioning in the last area wasn't really, really good. We had uh, too many players trying to come towards the ball instead to be in pockets and to be uh, higher on the pitch. Um, at halftime, we addressed that. We showed some uh, clips uh, to to them to 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 see that uh, we correct that positioning, and it worked. You know, in the second half, we we were doing attack and under attack and under attack, and we had clear chances. Uh. We'll leave it leave it there with, with Nico. But welcome everybody to Afterburn Soccer Show. That was head coach FC Dallas head coach Nico Estevez. Speaking to media after the one-to-one draw, the home draw against San Jose Earthquakes, who are also in the hunt to lock down a playoff spot and headed by former FC Dallas manager, Luchi Gonzalez. So um, we're excited to have you all tonight. We're going to be taking your questions, your comments as we break down Saturday evening's draw at home for FC Dallas as they Welcome San Jose, but could only manage a 1-1 draw coming back from one nothing down to get the uh, equalizing goal from Haider Obreon. An interesting result because, um, well, 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 let's get to that first. First, let's introduce everybody. Of course, uh, with us as usual is our buddy Jose Carmona at El Chico Carmona on Twitter. Welcome, everybody. X. And welcoming back Ishmael Belcora, fresh off of work. Fresh off of shaving, or maybe he needs to shave again soon. I don't know. At Belcora Isma on Twitter. Um, you know, right now we have two games left for FC Dallas. This is it. This is do or die moment. So every match matters. A point certainly is not the end of the world. Uh, zero points would have been worse. But FC Dallas right now is on the, 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 the cliff's edge of getting into that playoff spot and yet couldn't get it done on Saturday. So let's talk about the let's talk about that game. This is a game uh, where it seems like the team really didn't play terribly, and yet couldn't find um, that go-ahead goal. And as Nico pointed out in his opening comment, started off poorly. Jose, what were your reactions to this match? <laughs> started off poorly is an understatement. They started out in a complete disaster. I mean. We all know Lucci. We, we know his teams tend to struggle on the road, and you, you gift wrap them a goal inside of the first three minutes. That's 
right there, you knew we were going to be playing for a draw the rest of the way because, sure, FC Dallas might be able to get a goal, but you knew that Lucci was just going to bunker and, and sit back. And I mean, I mean, FC Dallas, who likes to uh, give up possession, ended up out-possessing San Jose, a, a sure sign that, that things were not going well. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy about it at all. Uh, you, you needed three points here. It's a six-point game. Um, three points fixes a lot of issues for this team at home. It's frustrating, I think, for everybody that this team is yeah. now basically still fighting to just, you know, take the ninth or eighth spot. I mean, a win here, and we're talking, you know, we're thinking we're not worried about that. But mm-hmm. here we are playing in Colorado, and, and and if Colorado wasn't a must-win match before it is now, I mean, you you can't possibly play that match and, and, and walk out of there with a point. That would just be disastrous. Ishmael, your thoughts about Saturday's match? I mean, it was kind of like the quintessential performance that, like, represents the season. Uh, the fact that we are we have one loss in 10 and that's not a good thing is again kind of wild um it, it, it like it's just disappointing that once the the first goal was scored it could like you could tell like as a Dallas fan this season that getting a win was going to be tough like that you you knew that coming back from that kind of position even though it's a Lucci team, even 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 like even though you're at home, like just being able to score was going to be difficult. Um, there was a wild stat that was said in the middle of the Apple TV broadcast that we haven't won a single game. Uh, like the the only games that we've won are games that Jesus has scored in. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That, that is yeah. that that is such a troubling like reality like description of this season. Um, the fact that we're describing this Colorado game, again, I know this is not the San Jose game, but this, the fact that we're describing this Colorado game as a must win and that we're not confident in this win is, again, epitomizes this whole season. On the performance, what's wild about this game is that the majority of the players had a really good performance. Like this might be ER Mendy's best performance this year, mm. and that's like saying a lot because he's been really good this year. Paxson did really well. Obreon is playing for that contract legitimately. Like he's he's done such such he's had such good performances over the last uh, five or six games. Um, my my boy Ima had the best game he's had in like ten games. I think he, he was really good tonight. Um, like, the majority of players played really well, and yet this, this felt like the the result that wasn't going to happen. And it's mm. just disappointing. Um, I still don't really doubt that we'll make the playoffs. Uh, we are on the cusp. Uh, there are teams right behind us. But the fact is that SKC and Minnesota have been very inconsistent as of late and just got really good performances uh, the last match day. Uh I just—it's just disappointing. This season just has been kind of disappointing. Mm. 
Well, um, I pulled up the standings here on the on the video feed uh, for those who may be listening on the podcast version. But um, yeah, I mean, there is a scenario here where uh, two points over the next uh, a point from each of the next two matches is still good enough to to get that ninth spot, right? Um, or or the eighth spot, right? Uh, because of goal differential, which I think is the next tiebreaker on points if Kansas City or Minnesota were to win their final match. But obviously, you want to get three points. Three points, uh, you know, really. Isn't the first, uh, first tiebreaker in MLS wins? It may be, and that's that's yeah. my question. I, I was assuming goal differential, but it could be wins, which could work then against Dallas. Um, we'll, we'll have to uh, watch that. But, yeah, I mean, if they get a win, 45 points – at this point, it's good enough for up to jump above Portland in seventh place, so you wouldn't have to do the playing game. And then, you know, 48 points, if you can get two wins in a row, could potentially put you in contention with fourth place. But I, I, I think Houston would have the tiebreaker there, but I'm not sure. Um, it, yeah, no, it looks like they probably would, goal differential and wins-wise. But, but it would jump you up to fifth place, which would be a – a much better spot to be in, uh, all things considered. So, yeah, it's a tight Western Conference, and it usually is a tight Western Conference. Um, but it's it's still a disappointing result at home. You know, like I, I take a little bit from the fact that the team went down a goal and then bounced back. Good, I like that. I like to see that from any team, right? Any game, if you go down a goal, you fight your way back, you get a point, good, good for you. But... Um, you, you gifted that goal practically with just a sloppy start in the first you know, three minutes of the match. Uh, Dallas is just Dallas for, for better or worse this season are a stingy defensive team, which is good for the playoff picture, but are struggling to put multiple goals in on a regular basis, which is not good for your hopes of it. At maybe at doing a deep run. Um, but I guess the question is, guys, like, how do you, how do you diagnose this? How do you deal with this if you're Nico Estevez dealing with this challenge? Not sure. I honestly don't know how you, uh, how you fix that because he's been trying to get this team to play a certain way, and and they are playing that certain way, and and. And now it seems like they're their own worst enemy. Like they, they, yes, they can kill the game. Yes, they can defend. But they just struggle finishing those those chances when they do get them on goal. You know, it's it's. I'm happy to see Obreon, um, you know, making that late push for 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 his contract and whatnot. But. Uh, it's at the expense of Ferreira playing more, hmm. you know, he's not the main striker. I mean, O'Brien has been our main striker. He's the guy that the ball's getting lobbed into who's trying to finish off, finish off those shots, not not Jesus. Jesus is often, uh, he's been more treated more as a playmaker. And I, I think that's the other troublesome thing is when, it, you know, literally the health of your attack depends on on his who's scoring the fact that he's trying to create as opposed to score 
that's an issue that needs to be solved. Otherwise, this is what it is. This is, this is a drawage team, and they're going to draw their way as far as they can go. Yeah. What's, uh, what's wild is I was looking at the standings from last year. Uh, currently, we have 35 goals against, uh, let's say, over the next two games, based off of our defensive record, we have 36 or 37 goals against. We had 37 goals against last year. We're pretty similar defensively as we were last year. Uh, we have also scored uh, 12 less goals mm. this season than last season. That's the deciding factor. And I think this game, like I said, is the epitome of the season because what has happened for FC Dallas is that we are defensively sound except for one or two mistakes. Those one or two mistakes lead to goals. And then we just don't score enough to win games. Um, an example would be the St. Louis game, um, that, like in St. Louis, where we were, again, the better team for 10, 15 minutes. And then we have a stupid mistake with Tafari and Paz, and then we lose that game. It's, it's, it's just kind of a recurring theme. Uh, a lot of the goals that we conceded over the last 10 games in those like one one zero zero draws, like the few goals that we've conceded, they've all been mistakes. Like we we see those goals and we're like, okay, those are just small defensive wonders. But we can't score the goals to to fix that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about Jesus um, and and Obreon switching kind of like Obreon taking Jesus's role, and that meaning that Jesus doesn't get in front of goal often. A player that we relied on a lot last season. Ariola has been incredibly disappointing. That miss uh, early on in the second half was supremely bad in a game that those kinds of moments change the course of the game. Uh, yeah. it's, it's to the point where I'm thinking maybe this is the opportunity to trade him to his hometown San Diego this offseason. It's, it's just it, like there's injuries, but coming back from it... He's been so inconsistent when it comes to his his output and goals and assists. Uh, it should the, both Ariola and Jesus are what we relied on last year, mm. and Jesus has scored a couple less goals, and Ariola has scored a lot less goals. Yeah, that's, that's where we are now. Mm. We no one else has been able to replicate their performance of last year. That's that's I mean that's helpful analysis because I thought. You know, we've been generally feeling that the defense has been better this year. Now, granted, what has been different, too, about this year, we had a huge injury glut through the middle of the summer, early summer, that surely you take that away, guys healthy, you're, you're going to score some more goals. You're going to have some more competitive games in that run. I mean, they had to really dig deep into some of those matches, Um so, yeah, you, you, you take that. that. That's sometimes how soccer works out and how a season unfolds for teams of in any you know any league in the world. You just, yeah, it, sometimes injuries go, don't go your way. Um, but in a match at home, when you get semi good chances, and not just the Areola miss, but Jesus missing what should have been just a, a sitter for him, and he skies it. And I know it's tough. I'm not a professional soccer player. <laughs> I'm, I probably would would scuff it as well. But um, when you need your designated player to step up, 
he's not able to find that go-ahead goal. Um, it's tough, you know. And 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 I think what Jose and I have talked about Ishmael too before is that if FC Dallas has this this Achilles heel, it is that teams know that if they if they just set up shop, if they put the low block in, it, Dallas is going to struggle to find a way to score, as many teams would be, but especially FC Dallas. And so San Jose, Lucci was able to say, hey, I'm going to see this point out. And, uh, and and he was able to see the point out, a big, big away point for Lucci. Uh, but I, certainly not a referendum either on Lucci's <laughs> style of play versus Nico at this point. It was... Uh, was an interesting match but it certainly didn't i yeah i i don't know that you saw an edge either way jose so i think the problem that bothers everyone you know we of course we understand that that the attack is, is struggling but we have a good defense we just don't have a great defense you know and 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 if we had a great defense if they weren't giving up those mistake goals we'd probably be in a much better shape regardless of what the attack is doing. And I think that's the problem is that for a team that relies on its defense, that, that basically has designed their play around having a really good defense, the fact that the defense keeps conceding mistake goals every game, they're usually good for at least one, you know, bad opportunity given away, you know, uh, one bad play that leads to an excellent attempt from another team pretty much every game you can expect one. And the fact that it happened so early in this match, it, it just killer, you know, uh, and, and we're seeing that we're seeing that every game. Uh, yes. You know, the team has, has only lost one match in the last 10, but they've also only won one match in the last 10. And that's powerful course for this team. You know, uh, we talked about it last week. I said, you know, this team should get six points out of the next two matches, San Jose, Colorado, but it would be uh, very FC Dallas to go out there and only get four points out of it when six are there to be had. And that's what we're staring at. And, and frankly, we're staring at, at getting four points out of this homestand, but the reality is, is we all can sense that two is very much a possibility right now even though we all know Colorado is terrible and we know it's going to be a home match none of us can confidently say right it's, it's a guaranteed three and 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 I think for for a team that prides itself of having Fortress Frisco I think that's the hardest thing to swallow is the fact that you're you're having to settle for draws at home mm. even when we had bad teams that 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 wasn't a thing you know, you could still play those games with it, with a, with knowing that your team is going to go out for the three points. Yeah. You know what's wild? Uh, one of the things I was thinking about when Jose said that you're good for conceding like one goal every game, like almost every single game. Yes. Uh, for a great defensive team, we are currently uh, tied for third last in the league in clean sheets with seven clean sheets. Um, every other team around us with that number has conceded 50 goals, like the majority of them. Uh, uh, what's it called? Atlanta, who's conceded 51 goals, has a, one more clean sheet than us. That's extremely mm. bad. Uh, we've, only, we've only been, even in the wins that we've had, we still concede goals. 
it's all there's we've talked a lot of there's mm-hmm. been a lot of comeback games where we come back and win 2-1 uh but again it's just small mistakes again this this goal was a mistake like this goal that we conceded was a mistake one that i think would have been able to have been prevented if they were a little bit sharper in the beginning i think both Tafari and Warfan were really poor at tracking the ball, just going across the six-yard box. Um, it's just those small, small things. And mm. when you can't... I think that's the reason why a player like Tafari, who's been having a really good season, is not going to be defender of the year. It's just mm. not. And it's no. just... Small, tiny mistakes. That's why Poss is not going to be a goalkeeper of the year. Because it's just small mistakes that continue to happen. And I don't think you can blame those on injuries. Like, a lot of them happened when we had injuries. Uh, our, one, our One of our two games that we lost when the other team scored three goals was against Austin when we had injuries. It's... I don't think we can attribute it to that because currently the majority of players are healthy except for Lejet and and Giovanni Jesus and we are still doing these small mistakes. Yeah. And again, that's the reason why we are not confident for Colorado. I think it's very it's very much plausible that we score two goals against Colorado. But who's to say we don't concede one? Right or we only score one. It's it's just it's the small things, and those small things might cost us a playoff spot. It's, it was when Matt Doyle's article that came out today. It said that getting three points will get us the playoffs. Getting two might not, and that is a game of inches, and it's just the mistake that are costing us those inches. You know, you know what's also frustrating is that this team doesn't seem to be playing to make the playoffs. They're playing to avoid making the playoffs. That's basically like if you said, hey, whatever you do, make sure, make sure that you at least get in and get in, you know, into that knockout game. And it just seems like despite everything being an FC Dallas favorite, it seems like they're playing for that. They, they're playing – simply to not avoid the playoffs. So while we're all over here lamenting this and that, it, it's it's just part of me thinks that the team seems to be satisfied with these draws. And, and here's the other thing with allowing the goals. It's when you allow those goals. Those, those goals seem to always happen, you know, at, at – Either the start of a half or the end of a half, and and it just it just speaks to you know lapse in concentration and and if you're an opponent, that's how you get your team to never quit fighting. No, they're saying, hey, okay, sure, maybe we're down a goal or maybe it's still tied, but you know FC Dallas is gonna fumble the ball and give it to you. Mm-hmm. You know they're gonna make a mistake. That mistake is coming. Keep pushing. Keep pushing, and this is how. Even if FC Dallas is in the lead, you're not gonna uh, uh, break down a team uh, by suffocating because they're gonna say, "Hey, FC Dallas is good for that mistake. It's coming. Just keep playing hard, and and they'll cough it up." And 
and and that's that's something that 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 helps your opponents knowing that knowing that your defense is 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 it's good but has flaws and i don't know how you can fix that you know it, it's you know all right well let, let me pull up the uh the standings again so um and as we talk about what's going to happen um by the way i did include uh austin on this screenshot just because like austin has been eliminated so anyway uh just uh just any austin fans watching but um kansas city and minnesota play each other in a week from saturday so the the scenario there is at least one team is going to have 44 points one team is going to or they'll both have 42 right or you know so that's that's your scenario so dallas needs to at least be more than 42 but ideally you want to be above 44 to leave you know no question at all um and that's a that's a fascinating stat right there so you obviously you'd want four points uh, three points would be fine over these last two games but you know four points of course anything would be better but two points you could be in but you might not be in depending on how things shake out so that that's a, a little nugget now of course you could also argue from a uh, game management perspective that if you're going into the playoffs and you had to absolutely choose and you weren't going to be in the middle of the pack, would you prefer to face off against St. Louis City, who, uh, you know, uh, is a good team, but is not maybe the dominant team that some people might think being first in the West? Or would you would you play an inform LAFC who you know certainly haven't been playing super well, but all of a sudden you know are going to turn it on? You know, I I of course you have to win the playoff the the play playing game, but as a coach, I would rather play. I'd rather take my chances against St. Louis City than say LAFC just on a talent level, but. I don't think that that Nico is game planning that right. I mean, I don't think Nico just he would have preferred the win on Saturday. So I, I don't think this is some kind of like cheat code gaming the system to play St. Louis. I think um, Dallas is where they are because they're that's who they are as a team at this point in the season. Well, my answer is that. If we're being honest, I would rather play LAFC because I know LAFC is going to come after Dallas and supposed to sit back. And Dallas needs teams to come after them to get okay. those counterattacks going. And in all honesty, if I got to choose between them and St. Louis, I would rather play against LAFC. I think, you know, it's a team that you can frustrate, that you can counter against, and who, frankly, won't be satisfied to, you know, if they're up 1-0, they won't be satisf satisfied to bunker. That's not their style. So I would rather I would rather FC Dallas play LAFC. Even though Dallas played pretty well against St. Louis, barring even the... Though played, even though they played really well against St. Louis, in St. Louis, it, it's the style of play. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather play LAFC than St. Louis. That's just my opinion. Okay. I'm just saying St. Right. Louis would be... More than happy to 
bunker and play, you know, route route one ball all day. So I'm saying matchup wise, I I personally would rather play LAFC. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, I, Ishmael, before you jump in, like Dallas played pretty well against LAFC this year. I mean, I was at the game here in in Los Angeles, and it was a bit unlucky that Dallas didn't at least come away with a point. Uh, Ishmael, go ahead. I'd rather play St. Louis because I don't want to play in uh, in that stadium. I don't want to play in LAFC stadium. It's a lot harder to play in that stadium than it is to play in St. Louis. Um, just by way That's of saying. Valid point. Valid point. Um, I just, I really am not thinking about this. I, I. We 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 need to beat Colorado, and if we beat Colorado. We, I, I, we would play Seattle, and I would very much prefer Seattle over both of those teams. Um, okay. <laughs> like Seattle is, Seattle is extremely inconsistent this year and does not have the home record that they've had in the past. I would very much prefer Seattle. If we're able to get, uh, um, if we're able to beat LA Galaxy, it's an, it's an LA, but it's also the Galaxy. Uh, we could end up as high as sixth or fifth place. I would very much prefer to play Houston. That would be incredible. That would be like the best game to have. Um, okay. I, I, I just want us to win these last two games. We really need to win these two games. It's, it's wild that we we don't think the Colorado game is a guaranteed win. That is. It's to the point where I'm like, even if we could make the playoffs, this isn't like this, 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 uh, making like supposed, uh, matches for the playoffs just feels like we don't belong because of the way that we've been playing. Because of the fact that we think we might not be Colorado. I don't think we deserve to play St. Louis, LAFC, Seattle, Houston, Daniel. That's so disappointing that it's, it's to that point now. Hmm. I would also like to add that it also feels like this team is still transitioning. Like they still haven't found their 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 best uh, formation. I mean, look at how they lined up, you know, with Pax and uh, Ilara Mendy, you know, as the two mids and no true six. I mean... It just seems like this team still hasn't decided what their best formation is, and this is not something you should be doing this late into the season. Yeah, and another thing is, these next two games, uh, Quinone has to be playing instead of Paxson. There needs to be that defensive structure, um, where it, it limits the chances. We look a lot better as a defensive team with Quinone on the field than we do with Paxton on the field. Um, True. Against Colorado, who are going to be playing for their jobs, uh, who have quick and fast top attackers um, like Cabral, like Rubio, like Ronan, uh, we need to be stuck defensively. It's it's I I understand what we're going for for the four four two. It's a lot more free flowing, and I think that fixes a lot of the offensive struggles that we've had in the past. Like the one good thing I can say from the San Jose game is that besides the scoring, attacking wise we were very good. 
uh, it was it was very it was very well structured, and we had the opportunities to win this game three one four one. Like it was it was it, it fixed a lot of the offensive problems, and I understand that, but it it we cannot concede against Colorado, yeah. especially we also cannot concede against Colorado before we score. That's a definite thing. Um, yeah. I mean, Colorado has nothing to lose, and Colorado can play a spoiler. And Los Angeles Galaxy have the benefit of playing a spoiler these, you know, over these next two weeks for FC Dallas. So, uh, and, and these guys are playing for contracts. Their coaches playing for their for a possibility of a you know of a next season. So it is such a um, it's it's just a tough situation for Dallas. You, I mean, you would look, on paper you say, oh, I would love to play the the teams that are not qualified for the playoffs at the end of the season. But, um, you know, they're open to causing chaos. So it's going to be a really fascinating couple of weeks. But, of course, if FC Dallas is the team they believe they are, they should take care of business. I mean, three points at home against Colorado should be enough to, to move forward without a doubt. Um, the, in the LA Galaxy game, even a point there would be a, a nice thing, or three points. But um, you go out and you lose these next two games, you have a lot of questions to ask of Nico and of this roster. Yeah, what's what's interesting is I definitely think Nico's job, no matter what happens in the next two games, I think Nico's job is safe for next year. I think they're going to give him 2024, um, which isn't disappointing per se. Um, one of the things, though, that I will be looking at, especially as the season ends, is what are the contract decisions that are made. Because at the end of the day, I could see a scenario where players like Martinez come back, where players – like the, the, a lot of the players – I, I wouldn't characterize any of the players as having like terrible seasons this year. The majority of them that have their contracts ending, except for Jimmy because Jimmy hasn't played, um, the majority of the players, uh, Martinez, Faku, Obreon, uh, there's a couple of others, they've had solid seasons. But this the way this season has played and how stalled and dogmatic this team has played like there needs to be shifts there needs to be changes there mm. there needs to be at least two if not three new players in this in the starting lineup next year True. Um, and i see a possibility where it's not even one player that changes and mm. that's that would be very disappointing going into 2024 well, this is, this is good stuff. I mean, you know, if you ask me right now, like I was thinking about it today, I feel like this, this game on Saturday is set up for a draw. I, th- I feel like uh, oh. Dallas is just and, – and, oh. and that just says a lot, um, you know, about just the frustration of it, that it was on Saturday night. Like seeing the team play well, but still just that. We can't put the ball – we can't get that second goal. And, and a second goal was all that would have been needed to – kind of log down those three points, you know, so I, I, you know, but I'm ready to be proven wrong. I'm ready to be shown that this team 
is is going to unlock whatever that next gear is that they need to at this point in the season. Um, they're just too talented not to. But it, this is where we are as FC Dallas fans, and and the numbers, you know, kind of don't lie at this point, you know. So, um, yeah, it, the good thing is that they'll have a makeup game. You know, they have this Los Angeles Galaxy game. So even if they stink it out on Saturday, they can go out and try to save their season kind of uh, the following weekend. But I hope that they don't leave it to that and they give themselves some ability to rotate guys, rest guys, uh, before the LA Galaxy game. I don't know. But because of the way things are, because, you know, they got a whole week between each match, frankly, there shouldn't be no rotation. You should be... You know, if the lineup you rolled out against San Jose, which played really well in the second half, if that's what you want to go with, roll it out again. Get everybody on the same page. You know, cut down those mistakes. And, 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 and you know, you got to build on something. So I want to see them roll out a similar formation. I mean, get a win against Colorado and then take that same formation and start it against uh, LAG. Even if you have to settle for a point there, go for the W, go for the three. You gotta build something going into the playoffs because while it's probably gonna take a team um, PKs to eliminate FC Dallas from the postseason, they're not exactly a great PK team to begin with. So, I mean, we don't have the numbers to prove that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Unfortunately, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'm just saying, it's not like FC Dallas is an elite PK team. So, still. You have some. You got a chance to build on something, you know. Get the get the W against Colorado. Give yourself a chance to go into a uh, LAG with a chance to climb up yeah. the standings instead of fighting for the eighth or ninth spot. I think uh, the reason why the Colorado game is so important, besides those three points, is that if we're working under the assumption that we get the wild card game. Hopefully, if we're able to win both games, we don't have to play the wild card game. But working under the assumption that we play as boringly, if for lack of a better term, as we have, um, and we play the wild card game, the wild card game will be either Wednesday or Thursday the week after. Um, that means that there won't be a lot of break after the LA Galaxy game. If the LA Galaxy game is the game that we have to put 110% because that's what the playoffs rely on. It makes it that much harder for the Wednesday and the Thursday or the Thursday game. Um, so we have to make our lives just slightly easier by winning and then be annoying against LA Galaxy. And then mm-hmm. try, to, try to get three points if or maybe just one point, but if we put all our eggs into the basket of the LA Galaxy game, it makes the wildcard game so much harder because the team will put 110% into that into that game. And then the wildcard game uh, becomes a risk. Well, good stuff. And, and I know that the playoff format is different this year, so we'll touch upon that. We still have two more weeks before we really – dive into that so ishmael jose appreciate your your reflections tonight your commentary a couple of quick things to get to before we close out the show for the evening 
course, good news, really amazing news, because uh, we watched this kid come out of nowhere, but Bernard Kumungo getting a call up to the Olympic team uh, domestic training camp for the U.S., uh, just proud of this guy, and he, of course, was able to kind of get back on the field this past weekend late um, after suffering an injury and being out for a few weeks. We certainly need him to get healthy, but what what a, what a story that just points to FC Dallas's academy and development system. And then building off of that, uh, of course, North Texas announced on the 5th of October uh, um, some contract decisions about players. Um, six six guys released, two other out of contract or so, um, ultimately deciding that they exercised options on Tyshawn Rose and Thomas Pondeca. Tyshawn, of course, went down with the season-ending injury at left back. He's a very interesting talent there. And Pondeca is another guy in the Kamungo kind of uh, category of a walk-on kind of uh, a trialist. And he really came on strong over the second half of the season. Really interesting story. A guy coming in from futsal. Gets another year to see how he can develop with North Texas. It leaves uh, about nine players total on the roster for North Texas. But they, but the big story is that they uh, uh, declined the contract options on, on Theo Ferreira, Henry Santos, Michael Weber, Thabo Nair, and, and Pablo Torre. Um Manuel Saicedo and Isir Perlaza are expired loans. Alejandro Araneda and Andrea Costa are out of contract. But I left one name out of that because that's where I wanted to end. Hope Avayevu. Hope Avayevu. Not, his contract option was not picked, picked up. And if there's a player that has stood out over these past couple of season, season it has been Hope for his attacking prowess on the wing as a striker. Um, Ishmael, I'd love your opinion. You know, one, this still can mean that Hope gets an invite to the FC Dallas senior camp and at least gets a chance to sort of earn a senior roster spot, maybe get loaned somewhere. Or is this, is this like a Ronald, Ronaldo Damas kind of thing where, you know, it, it, a guy has hit a ceiling with North Texas, the team doesn't have the space for him and he needs to go elsewhere to, you know, grow as a player. What, what did you think? about this decision, Ishmael? Well, I think it's uh, been shown by FC Dallas that to be promoted from North Texas to FC Dallas, you need to light up the league, right? And Hope has been consistently good, but he's never light, lit up the league to the level that the like players like um, Pepe or Camundo have, mm-hmm. um, or even Mulatto. Mulatto did really well last season. Um, Hope has never been to that level. Um, I don't doubt that he's going to be uh, invited to camp. I, I think uh, Hope, uh, Diego Garcia, and Carl Sante will all be in FC Dallas camp uh, next year, um, right? Because Carl Sante has been performing for mm-hmm. Haiti for every single international break, and Diego Garcia just got called up to the youth national team and started before their game got suspended from, I think, for weather. Uh, so I think those three players will be invited to camp. I think that'll be Hope's last opportunity. It's not, it's slightly disappointing that he never uh, stood out enough, uh, but it's not as disappointing as, like you mentioned, like Ronaldo Dambu's never coming or 
uh, Arturo Rodriguez never signing for us. Those two players were players that lit up the league a lot more than Hope did and were not signed to a first-team contract. So if they aren't even the baseline, Hmm. I think it's kind of understandable why after three years Hope goes. I think that's the same reason why Andre Costa was never signed. Um, He was always on that cusp, but again, never lit up the league enough to prove that he deserved a first-team contract. So it's disappointing, but it's kind of understandable. Yeah, actually, going through the players that they kept and they released, um, I want to point out uh, Pondeca, who who was played on the wings uh, by uh, by Cano, and then once Glad uh, took over, um, I mean, once the managerial change uh, took uh, took place, Pondeca was moved into to the eighth spot, very similar to, to what Velasco went through, where he was struggling on the wings, and they moved him inside, and all of a sudden Velasco's playing great. Well, that's what happened with Pondeca, who, by the way, not only did he excel in the middle, but he fixed North Texas' biggest issue that they've had all season, which is the lack of a playmaker, you know? Uh, since since they lost uh, Ferry, they, they just they had had no creative midfielders. Uh, Ursua is solid, but he's more like a box to box. He's he's he, and, and he's young, so he's still learning. And Saint is your six, but they did not have a guy that could help unlock the defenses. And Poneka started showing that once they moved him to the middle. Press will change all of a sudden that disappears and and uh that comes down to familiar uh, familiarity i guess i'm I'm told that Pondeca has played has played for our the current north Texas manager in the past, so some famili- familiarity there um but I'm looking at the players that they kept and they pretty much kept players that are gonna probably be your starters next year you know uh you're talking about uh as far as the midfield, you got Saint, you got Pondeca, you got Ursua. There's your three starting midfielders, and then backing them it's going to be uh, Garcia, and you're going to have um, um, Lacey backing them up. Then uh, up front, if if Hope's not coming back, you're going to have uh, the new Argentinian uh, Tabuada coming back. You're going to have uh, healthy, hopefully, uh, uh, the kid that we lost at the beginning of the year. Tariq Scott, yeah. Patrick Scott, you're going to get him back. Um, and then uh, on the defense, uh, Rose started pretty much every match at left back. So why wouldn't you bring him back? And then, of course, you signed uh, Molina at the end of the year, and he started at right back at the end of the year. And then, of course, your center backs is going to be, you know, Norris and uh, uh, I forget the, other, the, the creation kid. Korka, uh, yeah. I don't think Corka's coming back. Though, yeah, we don't know. Uh, but even if he doesn't come back, my point is is they'll probably draft a center back, and and whoever they draft is going to get slotted in. So the holes in the starting lineup, if you took the returning players, are going to be filled by players from FC Dallas that are, that are loaned down. So all I'm saying is, this year they really 
struck out on on their foreign uh, contingent of players that they brought in on loan or that they signed, and and that really hurt this team big time. And they've I'm just saying if you look at who they kept, they've put themselves in a position where they can simply not worry about that. Your 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 likely starters at most positions are either already on the roster or will be provided by FC Dallas. So it frees you up to take some gambles and, and, and bring in players and not have to worry about whether they're going to be better than this year's crop or not. And, I mean, and, think about, yeah, think about the players that they did end up signing in the latter half of the season. Orzuel yeah. was signed in the latter half of the season. Uh, Molina was signed. Lacey was signed. I think the team is... Happy. Yeah, Diego Pepe, yeah. interesting. I think the team is starting to realize that although there can be one or two international signings, uh, there is enough stock in both the college players that they draft. Hopefully more stay this year than just Andalee stay this year. Um, and the academy players. There's, there's enough there where there's a lot less risk and a lot higher seal. Um, and, and familiarity too, and you don't have to worry about them not uh, having trouble acclimating to their new locale, you know, to a new to a to a new country. It eliminates a lot of issues. So I, I agree. I agree. And, and like I said, it frees you up to gamble on some players, and and uh, maybe next year's team will have way more academy products than in the past. Yeah. That's Just, a good way to go. I'm all for it. Yeah, just for example, uh, currently one of the top uh, assist players in college right now is Kevin Bonilla, FC Dallas Academy right back. Uh, there's been multiple center backs that have played for North Texas and the Academy that have been starting every single game, including uh, Gary uh, Grady Easton, um, I think Will Baker is also starting a lot, Slate Starnes is starting a lot. Um, there's a lot for this team to grab that of the resources they've created, the players that they've nurtured in the college system and currently the academy system. Um, I don't think they're not. I don't think they're going to stop signing international players. They're probably going to be one to three players signed. But this last year we had like almost half a dozen, if not more, and every single one of them, at least for this season, struck out. Like we brought back Tabulada. Uh, but he didn't do anything this season. So I think they're going to, again, they might go back to the same plan, which would be slightly disappointing. But I, based off of the signs that they made in the latter half of the season, I think they're going to restrict the amount of international signs, they think. Yeah, and the thing on Tabuara, though, he's he's the new hope, Abiebo, basically. You know, he signed a three-year deal. They're gambling that this kid will pan out in a couple of years. So I, I agree he didn't really do much, but it, it's he's more of a long-term project. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I like I like from the signings I've seen and who they let go this, besides the hope. I do like the direction that they're going with for next year. I, they finish strong. They finish with something to build in. And, and a lot of the players that are signed for next year were involved in, in those late games. So plenty to build on. Um, I think I think the managerial position will stay as is. I think the interim title will be lost. And, and, and uh, yeah. 
I think I think this was basically a transition period where the team the upper management was trying to figure out what they were going to do with North Texas, and I think they finally figured out that hey, great place to play a lot of the younger guys that need a lot more seasoning. Well, good, and I'll I'll be I'm be working some angles here to try to see if I can have another conversation with with uh, interim head coach John Gall, and of course. Maybe with, with any other FC Dallas folks to figure out what is the future for North Texas. So stay tuned to afterburn.soccer for some of those articles and things to come. Um, I think it's about time to, to wrap this conversation up this evening. Appreciate you, Jose. Appreciate you, Ishmael. Thank you for having me on, as usual. Yeah. Big, uh, big game this Saturday as a rescheduled match. And uh, all eyes will be on in Frisco to see how FC Dallas does against the Rapids. Um, of course, stay tuned, everybody. Uh, and it, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Thank you, Ishmael. Thank you, Jose. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night, y'all. Good night.